You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. Go back to Romans again, Romans chapter 12. It's a great study. This is really good, practical stuff that you need. I mean, there, if there's one thing I, I hear a lot of is, Brother Ron, I just, well, you know, what's my spiritual gift, you know? I'll be honest with you, I, I, I'm not, I'm, well, I don't think I'm wrong. Now, you may think I'm wrong, but I, I don't think that it's that hard to find out what your spiritual gift is. Can you fix cars? Well, we got church vans. Do you like yard work? We got uh, azalea trees. Do you like serving people? There's no better place in the world than Antioch East to be a part of a church that serves. Can you teach the Word of God? Well, we're going to find out whether you can or not. We'll put you somewhere teaching the Word of God. What can you do? What is your talents and abilities? And God, as we've already seen, has given you those talents and abilities. And you say, well, I was just born with them. Really? I'm sure that's true, but who, who is the one that before the foundation of the world called you into being? Amen? And I don't think, uh, spirit, I don't I believe in spiritual gift tests. I think that's a bunch of hooey. I really do. Forgive me if you've taken them and, and you rely on them. I, I, I don't, maybe I shouldn't be so harsh, but I, I really don't, I don't understand why in the world you've got to have a test when God just plainly told you in this book what he wants you to do. And you know what those gift tests have done? I've mentioned this before, is they've given people an excuse to be rude. They have. I've heard people say, well, you know, I just speak what I think. God's given me the gift of prophecy. No, the devil's given you the gift of smart aleckiness, and it's not godly. It's not right. Let me tell you what the Bible says before your spiritual gift. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance, and against such there is no law. So any spiritual gift you have that you use and you think, well, if it offends people, that's just tough, it's not a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts will go along with the gifts of the Spirit, which are meekness and kindness and lovingness and and humility and things like that. And a lot of these people have built up this thing. It's, It's like using the... I don't know what you call uh, the zodiac symbols. The what do they call that? What horoscope? It's like their horoscope. Well, I got the gift of health. I got to get the tongues. I got the gift of this. I get the. You got the gift of pride, and that's a fleshly gift, and that means it's a satanic gift. Amen. Just do what God has given you to do. It's not. It's not that hard. I've said this over and over again. I don't believe Christianity is that hard. Read the Bible and do it. I mean, really, isn't it? Okay, maybe I'm the only one who thinks that, but church ain't that hard. Come and sing and worship, fellowship, share testimonies, comfort those that are bereaved, lift up the burdens of those that are hurting, get together and sing songs of praise, open your Bible, study the Word of God, pray together, and then go home and thank God for it. That's not that hard. 
But he gets into spiritual gifts here. And also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I want you also turn there. Now, uh, our, our uh, sweet Riley's going to probably follow it up here. But if you've got a copy of God's Word, I want you to use it. And so be ready to turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. Because it is our co-passage, if you would, that we're using in this study. Now... I'm going to go very quickly. Give me just my main points, Riley. Let me look what we've got so far. Uh, We have talked about a gracious measure of faith, a gracious member of the body. We've been put in the church by God, and now we're on the point of a gracious ministry of the believer. Okay, if you're a member of this, and I, I guarantee our visitors, if, not, if you're not visiting to see if the Lord may be this place for you, uh, some have come to see the baptisms that we're going to have here in a minute and different things, and you have a church you belong to, well, let me preach to you, and you go back and be a blessing to your church by being a minister. See, a lot of people look up at the pulpits over there's our minister. No, look at the pews. There's our ministers. Everybody should have a ministry. Right? Everybody. That's why he gives you gifts. There is Now listen to me because we're going to get into this later, but I'm getting ahead of myself. There's not one gift, not one gift that's listed in the Bible, or I believe there's gifts that aren't listed in the Bible, but there is not one gift that God gives you to use for your own edification. Did you hear me? Now, you'll hear other denominations and other preacher and TV evangelists tell you that some gifts are given for your own edification. That is not true. The only time that was ever said, Paul was getting on to people for using the gift of tongues just to edify themselves and not using their gifts to bless the whole church. That's what gifts are given for, is to edify the whole church. So your gifts are given to you to use to minister and bless everybody else, the church of God and the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, so a gracious ministry of the believer. Uh, let me see. Uh, what have I done, right? I've messed myself up here. Hang on. Okay, so under this, we're talking about spiritual gifts. This is basically two sermons. And uh, they are spiritual gifts. Man, wasn't that deep? We talk about the nature of gifts. We talk about the power of gifts. We talk about the history of the gifts last week. And then they are gifts. Boy, that's deep stuff, isn't it? They are gifts. They are gracious gifts of God. Amen. You say, Brother Ron, I'm so glad I can do what I can do. You can do what you can do because God gave it to you to do. You don't deserve to do it, right? And God gave you that gift to use for yourself. They are grace gifts of God. They are glorifying gifts of God. If the gift you have glorifies you more than God, you're not using it right. It's to give glory to God. And they are glorifying gifts of God. And thirdly, they, are go- they have goals from God. And we talk about how that gifts have a goal to bless the church, to glorify God, to help the stranger, to witness to the lost. And we could go on and on with that. And that brings us up to the next thing. Not only are they spiritual gifts, they are unifying. They ought to be They shouldn't be dividing. See, that's what happened a lot of time with these spiritual gift tests too, is people get at odds with one another because they think their gift's more important than stuff. Listen, some gifts are just more out there. 
The preacher has a gift to teach the Word. Everybody sees him and they love him, and I'm thankful for that. The singers, that's a gift. I'm sorry, but to sing and to minister and to bless people with a singing voice, you don't understand all of the Bible has to say about music and its connection to the preaching of truth. I mean, it's, we'll get into that one day. It's gifts, but they're showy gifts. And, and I know I told you this before, but for visitors and maybe those that didn't hear it the first time, this deal of, I have a, someone I know, every time they hear something, they can really sing, gospel music, they sing, or they can preach really good. They got, you know, they're really entertaining is what they mean. I hear them say, oh, man, they are so anointed. So, no, I mean, anoint, I know, that's what I want to do. So anointed. You know who they never say that about? You know what I'm saying? I never hear anybody say the nursery workers are so anointed. Why? Because you're wrapped up in the showy things and not the real things. I tell you what, I'd rather have five nursery workers than 1,500 singers. Amen. Wouldn't you parents say, hey, man, can you send them home with me? Yeah. How about the sweeper? How about, the, how about that person who has gotten up in years and they can't go like they used to? Maybe they can't sing like they used to. And they pray and they give and they cook and you never really see them. I mean, you go back there, we enjoy the food, but nobody knows who cooks what usually. Maybe unless there's a pie that just really stands out and you'll know, hit you in the face, that type of thing. I mean, we just really... And, and nobody thinks about that to say, bless God, these women. I want to tell you something. Tuesday I saw it and and, and yesterday morning I saw it and and last night I saw it a bunch of anointed women who cooked food and fed my belly for the glory of God did you see all those children out there you see kids visitors who came and we ministered to them and fed them and they had fun and told them about Jesus and handed them listen that's ministry that's more ministry than the singing That's more ministry than a lot of things we do. Going out and sharing Jesus and showing Jesus to others. Don't don't Jesus, that's anointed. Maybe he's talented. Thank God for good singers. I enjoy good singing, don't you? Thank God for talented Bible teachers. We need them. We must have them. Thank God. But I tell you what, don't forget the person that doesn't have all those gifty gifts that you see that are out in front of you, but gives money. That's a gift. Matter of fact, that's a gift. Listen, in the Bible is a gift of giving. But usually they're people who are humble and they don't make a big deal about it and they quietly slip a check to Brother Jeff. They don't want to be seen. They're not blowing a trumpet. That's a gift. How about the person? The, uh, I guarantee you there's at least two of our older ladies here today that are watching the children in this church and praying, God, speak to them kids. That's anointed. That's anointed. Anybody can get up here and make a, you know, a scene and make people laugh or, and enjoy some music. But it takes someone who loves Jesus and loves souls to sit there without anybody ever knowing and praying for God to use them. Isn't that something? Well, that ought to give us perspective. And I'm telling you, I've got to get to this. Our gifts that we have ought to be unifying. 
We want to make the body strong. We want to make the body effect, the body of Christ, the church. We want to make it effective. We want to make it fruitful. And therefore, we use our gifts and we unite. And when we see a brother or sister who is lacking in using their gift, listen, it's not the preacher's responsibility to go to them necessarily. It is your responsibility to say, hey, sister, we need you. You're missing You're not doing what you do and what you can do. We need you in this. God has put you in this church. Come on, help us. Pick up a row and row. Pick up a paddle and row. Come alongside those who are weak and need a little help. Some of you all got the gift to do that. You can confront and, and make people feel good about being confronted. I don't have that gift. I'm sorry. But we ought to all have that meekness to be able to say, look, brother, sister, come on. Let's, let's do something for Jesus' sake. We only got a few years left down here on this earth. Let's make it count. They're unifying. Number one, we have a unifying head. Everybody say glory to God. Hallelujah. We have a unifying head. And you know who that head is? It ain't brother Ron. Hallelujah. It's Jesus Christ. He died for us. He lived a sinless life. He came to this earth and was all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And he gave his life for us. And then he rose again. And now he's called us. And if we know him as our Savior, he is at the right hand of God telling the devil, you're a liar, you're an imp, go back to hell where you belong. I've covered his sin. He's interceding for you and me. Praise God. I'm about to get excited here. Unifying head. Now I want you to notice this. I, 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 don't, I didn't put this on there, did I, Riley? I didn't put all these on there. That's okay. But you'll just have to listen. I should have. This is all the verses we just read and some in Corinthians that we haven't read. But let me give you these verses. Verse 4. It says, There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, there are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. There are, verse 6, diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. I mean, there's different people here, different works here, different gifts here, but it is Jesus Christ who empowers and gives us the wisdom to use it. He is the head of the church. Verse 7 there are manifesta- the, the, we work by the manifestation of the Spirit. Verse 8, we are, do things through the Spirit. Verse 8, again, through the same Spirit. Verse 9, same Spirit. Verse 9 again, same Spirit. Verse 11, one in the same Spirit works all these things. Uh, verse 11 again, as He wills. God works in his church as he will. So also, verse 12, is Christ. Verse 13, by one spirit. Verse 13 again, drink into one spirit. God has set, verse 18, God has set the members just as he pleased. Uh, just as he pleased, verse 24, but God composes the body. God composes the body. You're here, listen, uh, Snyders, Sanders, anybody else here with a S name I can't remember? 
Lowe's, uh, those are the, the, the Brother Don mystery. You're here. Now, maybe you made a mistake. I don't think so. I, I feel pretty good about these folks being in this church, uh, especially because all three of them have fed us. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, at least two of them have. I don't know if uh, Ricky's done anything to cook for us yet or not. But anyway, but God has put you in this church. You know, here I say, well, I think I better make a choice of churches. I understand that. You've got to get God's leading in your life to know where to go to church. But in the end, my friend, God has uh, a place for you to minister. And he puts you in the church. So it's easy. you need to really listen where he sends you. And uh, so it is God, uh, verse 24, but God composed the body. Verse 27, you are the body of Christ. Wow, that's a big responsibility, isn't it? Remember, when you're working for Jesus' sake, stay humble. Who in the world deserves to be able to say, I'm part of the body of the almighty Son of God. Wow. Praise God. God has appointed these. God has appointed these. Whatever you are, whatever you do, God has given you those giftings, and he's appointed you to it. And it's a fun thing. I'm telling you, I've told you that ever since I came here and watched as this church, especially when people in our church and loved ones of our loved ones have passed away, it's like watching a well-oiled machine to watch those ladies and men get back there and prepare food and clean up and do things. I'm telling you, my heart, you can ask my wife, my heart swells. I thank God when I see that happening. My friend, that's not a mistake. That's not a, now, I know people practice and you do things and you, you were taught by others, but it is God that puts that together. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful? Have you ever had two bosses at work that didn't communicate and had two different instructions for you? How many of you ever ran into that? Ain't that, isn't that frustrating? Isn't that frustrating? I've had that. Yeah, I, I worked, I uh, had secular jobs uh, when I was a young man. I worked in an oil equipment company and then I worked in a, a, a It was a machine shop and a welding shop. A good friend of mine owned it, and I, I worked there for a few years. And uh, that one wasn't so bad. But when I worked that old equipment company, I tell you, they liked to drove me nuts. Go here, go there, go here. Well, wait a minute. So and so said, I don't care. Go here. Anyway, you know what's worse is when you have two bosses with two different agendas. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you do? My mother always said this: anything with two heads is a monster. Anything with more than one head is a monster. Anything with two heads is not right. And there's only one head of this church, and that is Jesus Christ, and he left us the instructions. Now, I want to tell you, we need to avoid being legalistic about stuff in here. But we need to, if the Bible says it, we need to believe it, and we need to practice it. Amen? This is our rule. Why? Because it is the heart and the word and the name of God, this book. This does not contain the word of God. We believe it is the word of God. We believe it is the word of God. 
And this is the head because it is Christ's word for us. I want to tell you, there's some people, there's some preachers that they are dead said they do not like you buying Bibles that have red letters in it. You know, the words of Christ in red. Now, I personally think it's a great study tool. I don't think anything wrong with it, but I understand what they're saying. Some people take those red letters as more important. They are not. Because at the end of the day, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22, whatever that last verse is. Hang on just a minute. I've got to be precise today. That's just the way I am. Verse 21, it's all the words of Christ. It's all the words of God. They're all equally as important. And so uh, that's the head and we follow it and we're unified in the doctrines of God and the leadership of God. And Now let me tell you something. This is a great revelation of the Trinity, by the way. These verses we just read. Let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. It is a great show of the revelation of the Trinity. We have Christ the head, the Holy Spirit is mentioned all through there, and even God the Father. Why is that? Because they are one. You say, explain that. I'd as soon explain to you nuclear fission, if there's such a thing. You can't explain the Trinity, you just got to believe it. But I know this, that there are three different persons, yet they're one. Now they have an advantage that you and I don't have. They're not sinners. They're spiritual. What the Son thinks, the Father thinks. What the Spirit of God thinks, the Son thinks. And they're unified in their righteousness and in their holiness and in their plans and in their product. Thank God. And so this shows us the Trinity in the church. But number two, this is a great revelation of God's unity. Yes, they're triune, but they're united. They are one. The Spirit the Lord Jesus, and God the Father. We cannot understand their oneness because we are sinful and we have conflict. They are in perfect, perfect agreement mentally, actively, and in purpose. Wonderful, isn't it? Now, I want to tell you something else. My wife and I are one. All the time, isn't it, baby? I mean, we think one. What are y'all laughing at? We're one, and we are one, as the Bible says. And we get it right. Hey, by the way, do you know this is the 25th? Today is the 25th anniversary of the day I asked my wife to marry me. I drove from Texas to, to northwest Arkansas with a ring burning a hole in my pocket. And she still got it on. You wearing it today, honey? Oh, <laughs> finally, finally. No, she, uh, she never takes hers off. Uh, but uh, but we do. Chris and I work well together. But I want to. We're sinners. Every once in a while, I told my class about our little uh, uh, when we went and stayed in the fifth wheel, and you didn't want to, and I got mad at you for having a bad attitude, and you got mad at me because I was preaching at you, and you know how it goes. Yeah. And in the end, God blessed one of the greatest weeks of revival we ever had. And she came repenting with tears and uh, ash clo- uh, sackcloth and ashes. No, I'm teasing. Now, we are one, but we have to work through the flesh. But Jesus and God and the Spirit do not. Can you imagine? And listen to me. I'm doing a little preaching here. Can you imagine forever, forever ago, forever having the perfect love relationship? And just 
to save sinners like me and you. For the first time in eternity, God the Father and God the Son were separated because God poured His wrath upon His Son for you. Can you imagine? I tell you, I've been a little sad this week. Miss Norma passing away. Brother Knighton passing away. We have folks in our church that are very ill and sick. Go out in that cemetery, it reminds me of others that have passed away. I got very sad this week. Why? Because we're separated from our loved ones. Don't Amen? Can you imagine? What do you want? You want to be with them forever, don't you? You don't want them to go away. You don't want to have to say goodbye. You don't want to have to say goodbye to mom and daddy or husband or wife or even children. You don't want to be parted. And we can take comfort in the fact that we know Jesus one day will be reunited. But can you imagine that God, the Spirit in Jesus, never had to be parted. But they did. For you. For me. I don't even think I'd have done it for myself. To separate, and it was a perfect, listen. Miss Glenda, I talked to her and she wept tears. But I want to tell you something. Brother Knighton was a knothead. I, I, I just, you, just, you just know he was, amen? He's a great guy at all, but every one of you that have lost a husband, y- y'all had knotheads, right? Knotheads. But you loved them anyway. You want to be with them forever. And you had disagreements. And then they're gone and there's nothing can fill the void. It's just counting the minutes till we see them again in heaven. But can you imagine having never had to go through that and yet choosing to, to save someone who was rebellious against you and hated you? There's the love of Christ. Amen. There's the love of Christ for you and me. Well, this shows us the great unity that God has in calling this unity, this great triune uh, God of heaven called you. Now listen, He called you to be a member at Antioch East Baptist Church. Now to me, I think that's one of the greatest privileges a man or a woman can have in the world. Right? Well, some people look at us and say, you want to go out there to that old little country church? Man, I tell you what, God's doing great things in this little country church, amen? No, you're not here because you couldn't do any better. Anybody could choose to go to the big churches in town or somewhere else. You're here because God put you here. Now, the Trinity of God has called you to it, so therefore we ought to get with it. Now, number three, this is a great revelation of God's purposes. God, it says in verse 6, God who works all in all. The purposes of God. All right, I'm going to go on. Not only do we see a unified head, but we see a unified body. That is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. We as a church are are to strive to be one just like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. As Christ is one, you and I ought to be one. 
That means we've got to love each other supremely. We've got to overlook faults. We've got to get past disagreements. We've got to love one another. And so many people are sold. They just go by the wayside. As I said the other day, they change churches like they change their socks. They'd never treat their children like that or their wife like that. I want to tell you, just as close as a relationship as you have with your mom and daddy, biological son and daughter, you ought to have with your church family. You ought to have with that church family. God has put us here with one spirit, one body in faith, one body in function, and one body even in feeling. Now I'm going quickly through this. Number three, he has put diversity of people in this body. How would you like a church full of Ron Owens? You'd love it, wouldn't you? No. I mean, I love every one of you. But, you know, it's, it's like that uh, dark chocolate cake back there. You know, a piece or two is good, but after a while you think, you know, show me something else. <laughs> you know, I've had enough of that. Everybody's different, thank God. And we ought to love them for that. And we ought to support them. We ought to rejoice with them. 